for two. Kickers are extra, I give them the boot. Ooh. Going for two. Sit back, relax while I grab me a brew. Ooh. Now I'm reclining while putting my time and I'm ready to go. My spine is aligning and much my lineups, my bank account grows. I am so rich, but knowledge is all that I'm leaving it with. Ooh. Listen to this. Multiple options, how far can I get? Ooh. DFS Dynasty Reader, tonight I'm not finishing last. I'm finishing past. Any and all, I am looking to last. What else? This spot is popping, and I am so locked in, and only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking. And all of these spots keep on talking and talking. So, what are we talking? What kind of alignment? And running it deep, even players forgotten, or came from the bottom, or hitting that topping. And this spot is popping, yeah, this spot is popping. And woo! This is the arm chat. Yeah. Put up your arms, yeah. Sound the alarm, yeah. What is going on, guys, and welcome to episode 284 of the Armchair Fantasy Show. I'm your host, of course, Jeff Lambert. Follow me on Twitter at JeffLambert77. Of course, we are live here every Wednesday and Friday night on Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch, syndicated in all major podcast networks. Uh, if you are on Twitter, we cannot see your comments in the chat roll, so please go find us on YouTube at youtube.com backslash going for two live. So we can interact with you. You can ask questions during the show and all that good stuff. So go find us. Hit the subscribe button as well so you can help us out. Uh, all right. So I'm not uh, here with Gerson tonight. Gerson, unfortunately, well, I guess unfortunate for us, fortunately for him, he's in Vegas right now, uh, probably yeah. already about 13 or 14 beers in, I'm sure. Uh, so he could not make the, the the show tonight, but we do have a, a returning person that's been here before a couple of times. Uh Jared Good, aka the Yeti Express. Uh, what's up, Jared? Uh, not not a whole lot, guys. Man, really happy to be here. Um, happy, happy you called me, man. Good stuff, man. And of course, Tim, you're always here every night, man. How you been? Yeah, man, uh, I'm doing it. Uh, I'm doing it for Gerson tonight. I got the Modelos ready to go. I heard my boys killing it at the blackjack table. So win all that money, G. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, looks like we got some Yeti fans already in here today. Uh, it's like, oh, shit, we got Mr. Yeti himself tonight. That is correct. All right, let's go ahead and get into the rewind. The Weekly Rewind. 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 All right, uh, as usual now, we're doing these one good, one bad for our rewind to keep them short and sweet. Uh, Tim, I'll go ahead and go to you first here. Give me your good and bad. Yeah, we've been uh, kind of bad on our locks of the week. So last week, my lock of the week, C.D. Lamb, turned out good for me. Uh, so I was happy to see that. What did not turn out very well for me is I went with uh, David Njoku over T.J. Hawkinson. And last week, if you didn't have Hawkinson, you didn't win any money. So that's exactly. Uh, right. Shout out to everybody who played three or four Lions in cash. Yeah, that was definitely the, the way to go there. Uh, I know you weren't on the show last week, Jared, but of course you had your good and bad plays last week as well. What was your good and bad? Uh, yeah, my my really good was uh, Josh Jacobs was a guy that like, you know, I, I, the more and more I looked at it, I'm like, eh, he could be a pretty good value. You know, I'm a guy that plays 150 lines, so I'm going to have a little bit of everybody. But that was one of those guys that like, after doing some of my crunches, I uh, I kind of like manually adjusted him up a couple percentage points just because he kept popping for me. Um, yeah, and he, and he balled out. I think he had like 37.5 or something yeah. like that. Just crazy game for Josh Jacobs. But um, at 5,500, I think he was. I mean, that's, that's a sensation. Really good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm oh, sorry. I don't know if you saw it, but if it wasn't for Josh Jacobs, a full Detroit onslaught, Seattle onslaught would have won. But yep. in the end, Josh Jacobs pulled the guy ahead for first place. So it was a great call. And my bad was Jonathan Taylor. I know some of you guys, uh, both of you guys are in our, our group chat. Um, I talked about him all week long. I loved him because I hate Tennessee and everything about him. Um, <laughs> I've, I've never, not that I've ever been there, but I, I just, I, I think their football team's really, really bad. Um, and it just didn't pan out, you know? Um, and then he ended the game having turf toe, which was great for me on my dynasty. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, my my good and and Tim mentioned about not being on a cash with uh, without Hawkinson. I actually cashed my cash lineup without Hawkinson because mm -hmm. I played a few pivots that nobody had, like uh, Rashad Penny. I played Rashad Penny over Khalil Herbert, who was the chalk. Uh, he balled out, of course, at forty nine hundred. Um, I had a few of the guys, like you mentioned, Lamb. I had Lamb in my cash lineup. I had Sutton in my cash lineup. I had Marquise Brown in my cash lineup. All low owned guys that went off that helped my cash lineup tremendously. Uh, unfortunately, the one guy that I missed in my cash lineup was Marcus Mariota, and he's my bad. 
he was the one guy on my whole roster that had the little snowflake next to it. The rest of them were all pretty much fire across the board. I would have really cast really nicely if uh, Mariota would have done anything whatsoever. So he was definitely my bad. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the quarterbacks. Let's talk quarterbacks. And we don't usually do the lock of the week for quarterbacks, but tonight we do have one. Lock, lock it, it in. in. And it is mine, uh, Mr. Tom Brady at $6,000. That one jumped out at me. Uh, he, in his career, is 10-0 and 0 versus Atlanta. He averages 28 points per game versus Atlanta in his career. He averaged 32 points per game as a buck against them. I mean, I don't know how they put him at only 6,000. Uh, he's got all his weapons back. Mike Evans is going to be back, of course. Uh, Godwin is there. Leonard Fournette is there. I think even I saw uh, Russell Gage is ready to go. So his his full complement of weapons are there. Uh, minus Cameron Brait, which, you know, I don't know if he's really a weapon or not, but he's the only one that's out of this lineup right now. So it's $6,000. Uh, Brady will be in a ton of my lineups, a ton of stacks, and I'll probably even have him in my cash line for that price as well. So uh, Tom Brady is my lock of the week. Tim, we'll go to you here for the uh, for the top-tier elite guys. Who you want to talk about there? Yeah, I love the Brady call. I told you he was one of the first things that jumped out to me as well. Uh, the other one that jumps out to me this week is Josh Allen. And what really tr- jumps out about Josh Allen is it doesn't seem like anybody wants to play him. Uh, last week, everybody wanted to play Josh Allen. He was a chalk. Like, you either paid down or you paid up for Josh Allen. And and then this week, people are like, oh, it's going to be a blowout. You know, they don't, they're just going to run the ball. No. Josh Allen is going to absolutely blow out the Steelers here. I think he could have three, four touchdowns before they start running the ball. So, uh, usually you saw him do it against Tennessee. They will not take their foot off the gas. And if you're going to tell me he's going to come in at lower ownership, man, I want all of that. So, uh, spoiler alert for later. I'm uh, I'm on Josh Allen this week. Good stuff. Good <laughs> stuff. Yeah, that was it's going to be sort of like a uh, a post hype kind of thing with that 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 Buffalo team. Other than Josh Allen last week, if you played a Buffalo Bill, you probably got burned. But I think this week, I think it's going to be wheels up for the whole Buffalo offense. So I, I agree. Josh Allen's mm-hmm. definitely a great play. All right, Jerry, what you got for your elite guy? Uh, before you get to my elite guy, I just wanted to. Um say that we make this giant show sheet with a million plays and a million positions and a million different values. Uh, we all had Tom Brady uh, as a mid range. Um, he's in a really, really good spot. I think Tom Brady uh, in my, in my part of the show sheet, I put angry Tom Brady, you know, he's off. He's going through divorce. Like that's the kind of stuff where you see Tom Brady just like come out and ball out. He's got his receivers back. I really love Tom Brady this week. Um, but my top play um, for quarterbacks was Justin Herbert. Um, I think people are kind of sleeping on Herbert a little bit um, just because he's been banged up. He's been injured, but he's been playing through it. And he's, he's still throwing the ball a ton. Like he's averaging damn near 40 pass attempts a game. Um, Cleveland's defense is not very good. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that at 7,100, you can, you can um, definitely get his connecting pieces at a pretty cheap price. Um, and we'll talk about that later, but um, Herbert's just got the volume and volume king in dfs yeah i agree yeah has anybody heard i haven't checked on the d line for the the browns i know they had a bunch of injuries last week do we know if any of the the guys are going to be back this week um while y'all look that up i'll go ahead and talk about my other elite guy uh the last elite one i have is is jalen hurts i mean you can pretty much put him in this in this category every week he's he's you know got the legs he's got the arm now he's got the weapons uh he's performing at a very high level uh he's going to arizona uh, so the travel might be a little bit tough, but at 8.2, um, I think he's 8.2 or is he 8.1? Is he the same price as uh, Josh Allen or is he just below Josh he, Allen? I can't he's a hundred, hundred cheaper. Yeah, he's 81. He's 8,100. So yeah, I mean, Hertz is it. I don't got to talk about him. We've seen how good he is. If you can fit him into your lineup, there, there are some ways to pay down, uh, and on this slate so you can get up to Hertz. So Hertz at Arizona, uh, we know Arizona can put up points as well. Um, so hopefully, you know, we haven't seen it much this year where the Eagles have to score in the second half. Hopefully this week they got a score in the second half and we can put up some monster numbers for Jalen Hurts. So at 8.1, he's definitely one of my elite guys. So as far as that, go ahead. As far as that D line's looking for um, for the Browns, um, a lot of them still DNPing so far. Um, a lot of that stuff doesn't mean a whole lot until Friday. So um, yeah, I didn't Jerry really look at it. Yeah, look out for the Sunday injury report. Definitely. Yeah. 
Which, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Yeti, you're going to be on that as well, filling in for Gerson on Sunday as well, right? I got a busy week to have for a G to have fun, man. He might have to owe yeah. me a drink next time he comes to town. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, all right, so normally we go to the mid-tier next, but literally the only guy we all have in our mid-tier is Tom Brady. We already talked about Tom Brady. So let's go ahead and move down into the value tier here, Tim, and give me one of your value quarterbacks. I do. When I first looked at the slate, I told you there weren't very many quarterbacks that I liked. Um but if I am going to pay down a little bit from Tom Brady, it's going to be for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he had a bad week last week playing against Philadelphia, but I feel like you throw out games against Philadelphia. You know what I mean? They're just a good defense. They kind of make everybody look bad. Oh, and he also played in a storm, right? This week, he gets to play at home. He gets the Houston Texans. who are not good at stopping anything. I think that Jacksonville is going to be able to dictate the, you know, this game. Right, they're going to be able to do whatever they want. He's going to be able to move the ball up and down the field, uh, and, and I think that it's going to be a huge back, uh, bounce back game for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, like if it wasn't for Brady, I would say he is the lock in cash, right? But Brady's only four hundred more, and I think most people are going to find that four hundred dollars. But if it wasn't for Brady, man, he jumped off the page to me too. Yep, absolutely. I was just going to say the same thing you just said. If if it wasn't for Brady, he'd be my cash quarterback as well at fifty six hundred. Yeah, great matchup the whole nine. Uh, Yeti, who do you got in your uh, in your value tier here? Uh, well, I just wanted to mention before I talk about my guy, um, we all had Trevor Lawrence. Um, we we kind of all agreed there. Um, a lot of you guys don't get to see this this sheet that we talk about, but you know we all really like Lawrence. Um, he makes a lot of sense. The volumes there. Uh, he was my cash game article quarterback that I wrote up at five thirty this morning. Uh, stayed up late to do that, but uh, if you're not if you're not doing the Looking at the cash game article, make sure you do. I write it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Zach Wilson for me uh, this week, and it sounds kind of gross, um, but at 5,300, um, he's cheap. He's real cheap. Um, I believe he caught a two-point conversion, or was it a touchdown last week? Um, this dude is in an offense being super, super young with a lot of super, super young talent, too. Um, you can beat Miami through the air. Um, we, we've seen that multiple times the first four weeks. Um, I'm not probably going there a whole lot, but I do really like Zach Wilson and New York Jets. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good pivot. And I, the other two guys I had in my value tier are kind of pivots too. Like I like T-Law, like, like Tim mentioned, uh, the other two guys I have are strictly based on who they're playing. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is going up against the Jets defense, which is 29th ranked DVOA. Uh, and Andy Dalton is playing the Seattle Seahawks, which right now, if you pretty much play anybody against the Seahawks, and you're probably going to put some points up because their defense is just atrocious. He's uh, he's 5.2, and the Seahawks are 32nd DVOA versus the pass. So if you want to pivot off some, you know, off of Trevor Lawrence and go really cheap, you can go with the four point, the 5.4, the 5.2 for Dalton or Teddy B. All right, let's move into the tight ends. Did somebody say tight ends? All right, uh, tight ends. We only have I, the only one of us has a, a elite tier tight end, and surprise, surprise, it has to be me. So <laughs> <laughs> I have George Kittle here at my elite tier tight end at five point two, and I had this argument I think on Twitter or Facebook, one of the two, and and someone was saying that Kittle's been been blocking a lot, and you know he's been back there protecting the quarterback a lot, and it's actually not true. Uh, Kittle is running a route on eighty seven percent of his of his snaps, which is actually a career high. So I think there has to be some kind of uh, regression to the mean here where I think Jimmy G start looking his way. If he's running routes, eventually he's going to get targeted and eventually he's going to break a big one. Uh, I think against Carolina, this is a definitely a good spot for him to do that. So George Kittle at 5.2 is expensive and we typically don't pay up for tight end on this show. But if you're going to pay for tight end, he's the one I would pay up to get. Um, so at 5.2, it's a pretty good price too. You're not paying the 6,000, 7,000 that you would for a Andrews or a Kelsey. So um, I like Kittle this week. Yeah, right. I feel like, you know, the NFL kind of said, oh, y'all like to pay down for tight ends, right? We're just not going to put any high-priced tight ends on the slate <laughs> yeah. absolutely at all. You have no fucking choice but to pay down for tight ends. Exactly. You know exactly. what I mean? So I, I want to talk about a guy that is almost top tier, right? Because he broke the slate last And that's TJ Hawkinson, right? Like the Hawking Goat. Or as Jared calls him, TJ Hockey Sticks. So, <laughs> you know, I – uh I think this is dependent on whether or not the sun god, Amon Ross St. Brown, plays. If he doesn't play, I think we're going to see a similar game plan to last week where it's just get the ball to Hawkinson on third downs and in the red zone as much as possible, at which case he's underpriced still at $4,900. 
right? So I, I love him this week, if, especially if he doesn't go. If he does go, uh, I think they're going to be a little bit more split. I still think he's a good play, but I don't think you like have to go back to him, right? I think there are other plays in this rank. Yeah, one one thing I will say, just to be devil's advocate, and I, I've made this mistake already this year once, is Jared Goff is not as good on the road as he is at home, and he is on yep. the road this week, so I'd be a little leery mm-hmm. about playing any of the passing options there. Uh, I made that mistake, I think, week two. I played Jared Goff. Maybe it might have been week three, whatever road game he had, and he was not very good. Yep. So uh, that's the only thing I'd be a little bit leery of, but Hawkinson, we saw last week at what he's capable of. He's he just, definitely- like, forces him the ball. No, I told you, I, mean, I almost put this. Maybe I should have saved this for defense, but I almost put that I love the Patriots' defense this week because I agree. He's outdoors, and Bill Belichick has always seemed to have his number, so. I think that uh, a sneaky option this week would be to uh, go with Patriots defense and fade all Lions. Good stuff. Just a quick note on Hawkinson before we move on to the next one. Um, I believe um, heading into this offseason, he had zero targets inside the 10. So I think that's what Tim means by it's really, really important whether or not Amon or St. Brown is ruled out or not because Hawkinson does his damage from outside the red zone, which is not very yeah. typical for a tight end. Right. That's exactly yeah. right. And, and just yeah. the note that I had on him is that Patriots right now are giving up the seventh most points to tight ends at 16.4 a game. So they do give up points to tight ends. And if Amon Ross St. Brown is out, Hawkinson is definitely a great play. All right, let's go to you, Jerry. What do you got for your mid-tier? Well, I seem to list this guy every single week in the in the cash game article that I write. But it, it's Dallas Goddard. Um, the dude's just super consistent, super solid in a great offense which it, I don't know why it seems like every single week that whoever the Eagles play are terrible against tight ends. Um, I think Arizona's dead last. So, like, every time I fall on his name, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, he's 4,700, but he's going to get you 12 to 15 points, and you can you pretty much write it off into the sunset. Like, it's almost a guarantee. Like, just a super, super consistent guy and a great offense is really all I have on Goddard. Yeah, and, and I believe um... – uh, I forgot what I was going to say now, so we'll just move on. <laughs> I was going to say something. Yeah, hey, about, talk about talk about the last guy you got there. Uh, for, for me or for you? Oh, I guess you have got it no, as you. well. Okay, so yeah, I got Higby. Uh, obviously, Higby's been the number two option in that offense behind uh, Cooper Cup, and I don't know if there is a number three <laughs> option right now because it seems to be <laughs> Cooper Cup or Higby. Uh, but at 4.3 versus Dallas, um, I do think it's a pretty good game there. Uh, the Rams... Haven't looked great, obviously. I mean, they gave up seven sacks last week. They gave up seven sacks, you know, in week one. Their offensive line is terrible. So if your O-line is terrible, you're getting the ball out quick. You're getting the ball to Higby underneath there. So I think there's going to be a lot of checkdowns at 4.3. I think Higby's uh, definitely in play this week. So I I want to make a comment. And you guys know, in general, I am not a fan of playing two tight ends. But I think this week it's so hard to find value and a couple of these tight ends are in such good spots that this might be a week where I could see somebody playing two tight ends and actually have it winning. You know what I mean? Because there is not, we'll talk about a guy later in the show, but I don't think there's a lot of good value this week. And so I think you could get a little sneaky play in, you know, Goddard and Higby, uh, because I think that they're both in excellent matchups and have enough upside to win the tournament. I like it. So, since I'm Gerson this week, I'm going to add a guy, um, and it's Zach Ertz. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? I just realized none of us had him listed. Um, Zach Ertz, uh, look, this Arizona team is really kind of hard to predict. Um, well, normally they're pretty easy to predict because they just throw the ball to Hollywood Brown. But um, as far as a mid-range tight end, um, the, the Eagles kind of have like a funnel inside defense. Um, like you can't really beat them on the outside with Slay. So you're going to see Slay on Hollywood Brown, and you're asking either Greg Dorch, Rondell Moore, a combination of Connor and Benjamin, um, and I expect them to be down by a lot of points in this game. I just feel like the middle could be open for Zacherts. I like it. I like it. And you did have, I want to just mention real quick, because I do like him as well, Jared Everett at 4.2. Uh, I believe Keenan Allen's officially ruled out now, so I think that helps. Yeah, been, yeah. So that that helps Everett as well. He's been really good. He's been, you know, one of those guys that have been climbing into that sort of mid tier. He started off in the value, he's moved into the mid tier, and he's been really great. Uh, let's move down into the value tier, Tim. Who do you got for your value tight end? Yeah, I'm going back to the well a little bit on David and Joku. I'll have some exposure this week. Uh, I, I obviously played him last week. His volume is actually really good. Like last week, he had that terrible fumble. Uh, but outside of that, for most of the game, I mean, he has what, six, seven targets. So 
I think he's consistently a good value, also has a good matchup this week, uh, and he'll you know be a, a pivot off some of the other guys we talked about. I like it. Yeah, Najoku, uh, he did kind of let us down a little bit last week after his big game, but I do think he's still a good part of that offense. And, uh, Jared, you have the, the guy right now that probably has the best tight end nickname uh, out there with uh, Tyler Gronklin, the way he's been playing this year, <laughs> yeah, uh, at 3.7. Talk about him a little bit. Uh. Yeah, you know, it's just another guy that's getting targeted in an offense that I actually really like. Like, there's a lot of people that look at me talking about the Jets up and down the show sheet right now. Like, this guy crazy? Like, he comes on the sheet as a guest talking about the Jets like <laughs> there's somebody, you know. Like, hey, you know, uh, Conklin's getting targets. He's getting red zone targets. Um, he's only got one touchdown. But, like, I mean, look at the look at the game log. Seven, nine, eight, five. Like, you know, for 3,700, I mean, he's really only got to catch maybe two or three of those balls to score a touchdown, and he's there. Um, he was mentioned in the chat as well um, on Facebook. Um, he's just a guy that fits if you're willing to pay down a little bit um, at that position. I like it. Uh, so the guy I had was originally going to be my sit call, uh, and then until I logged into Roto-Grinders and checked the ownership percentage, and this guy is protected right now to be the second highest owned tight end on the slate, which <laughs> surprised the hell out of me. Uh, and that's Cade Otten for the Bucks. Obviously, um, Cameron Brait is ruled out. Cade Otten, obviously, the, the 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 value to him is he's two point five. He's he's super super cheap. Uh, I will say that you know, as an owner of Cade Otten in my dynasty leagues, I've been paying attention to this guy pretty closely. Uh, in the preseason, Tom Brady loved this guy. I think there was a there was a um, inter you know one of those inter scrimmage games. It wasn't a preseason game, but they were playing against somebody else as one of those scrimmage games. And uh, he, Kate Otten had three touchdowns in that game. Uh, all from Tom Brady. So Tom Brady looks his way in the red zone at 2.5. He don't have to do much. Uh, he's been he's been looking pretty good so far. That I've you know I've been watching him. He's got a few targets here and there. He's been doing a lot of great blocking. So he's on the field quite a bit. Uh, so 2.5 is someone that I'm really looking at with uh, with the Atlanta the, the Atlanta defense giving up the third most yards and the fourth most receptions to tight ends. So Kate Otten is definitely on my list. All right, let's move to the running backs. It's time for. Running backs. Running backs. Lock, lock it, it in. I think this may be the first time that we have a lock it in from each position that we don't have to go over each other here. So, Tim, you got the lock it in on the running backs here. Go ahead. I do. I told you, when I first looked at this slate, there were two things that jumped out to me. One of them was, how is Tom Brady 6K? And the other one is, I got to play Nick Chubb this week. I feel like I'm on an island here. We talked about it in the pre-show ownership between 5 and 10%, depending on what site you go to. And I think he's an absolute smash play this week. Uh, Nick Chubb averaging 5.7 yards a carry, and the Los Angeles Chargers giving up 6.1 yards a carry. So one thing I, I've talked about, and for those of you in the DFS Roundtable Facebook group, I always do an NFL thread every week. I post a lot of charts that I get off Twitter. And one of them is the rushing matchups chart I get from Hayden Winks on underdog. And it uh, goes a team's offensive EPA for rushing versus a defensive uh, against the rush. And all the way up in the top right-hand corner is the Cleveland Browns. It is an absolute eruption spot, and nobody seems to be playing Nick Chubb this week. So I am going to have him everywhere and be way overweight in tournaments. Uh, lock it in for Nick Chubb this week. I like it. And we looked before the before the show to see what his ownership was on Roto-Grinders. They got him at 4% ownership. So if you can get Nick Chubb 4% ownership and he goes off, you're you're in good shape. All right. You got yeah, Chubb for Chubb. Got Chubb for Chubb. Where's Gerson at? That's his favorite <laughs> saying. <laughs> All right, Yeti, give me uh, give me one of your elite running backs here. So I actually listed nobody, but I really I really like uh, Austin Eckler. Um, I, I talked about Herbert earlier. Um, we we kind of talk on the show and, and in the, the Facebook group about having a Konami code quarterback or like a dual yeah. threat. There's Konami code running backs, which is kind of crazy to think about. And Austin Eckler is one of them. Like he is a guy that can catch the ball. He can run the ball. Um, I, I really like the Chargers as a, a lower owned stack this week, especially with Keenan Allen out. A lot of people would just jump off them. Um, because they're like, oh, well, Keenan Allen's Mr. Consistency. I'm looking at you, Jeff Lambert, who plays him <laughs> every week. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, Austin Eckler, uh, very good running back. Uh, had a couple quiet weeks. I think his ownership will be down. Um, I should have looked at ownership right before I got on this. I looked at it last 
night, but I don't remember a single thing that I read at 5.30 in the morning. But um, <laughs> Austin, Eck- Austin Eckler, um, to me, kind of kind of 7,800. If I'm going to pay up somewhere, it's either going to be him or Chubb. Austin Eckler right now is coming in at 5% on Roto-Grinder, so pretty pretty low owned, so that's that's a good call. Um, so my elite guy, so I'll leave the one the one guy there for you, Tim, but I had some notes on this one, so I'll talk about Alvin Kamara, uh, which we hope he'll be back. We haven't got full confirmation that he'll be back against Seattle. Uh, 6.6, we've mentioned how bad the Seattle Seahawks defense is. They give the fourth most points to running backs. Uh, Michael Thomas already ruled out, so there'll be more targets to go around. Landry's questionable. I think Landry plays, but if your summer team does miss it, even better for Kamara. Uh, at 6.6, it's a little expensive, figuring that he's been out for a, a week or so, and we're not sure what we're going to see with his rib injury. Uh, but I do think at 6.6, he's still playable in tournaments. So I like Kamara this week. All right, Tim, talk about Mr. Uncle Lenny. Yeah, this is this is a go-to. I, we love Brady, right? We talk about he's pretty much a lock this week. But I think a lot of people are going to go on Brady. And I think you can also play Leonard Fournette this week. He has been consistently used in this offense. He makes a great play at under 7K, only 6,900. Atlanta is just getting absolutely torched. We talked about them, one of the worst defenses in the league across the board. Uh, I think this is a no-brainer, right? They are, what's the, let me look at the spread real quick. They are currently 10-point favorites over the Atlanta Falcons, right? So just lock it in. Uh, He's going to be Uncle Lenny time in the second half. Good stuff. Yeah, I got Fournette on my list as well. Let's move down into the mid-tier. Uh, Jared, what do you got for your mid-tier guys? Well, I got about 20 of them, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll pick somebody that I want to talk about. Um, the, the one guy I really, really, really want to talk about, and this is kind of pivot off of what Tim said, is Kareem Hunt. Um, he falls in that weird range where, like, everybody sees all these other mid-range plays. Um, and I'm, I'm saying this as, as a GPP player, you know, a guy that plays 150 lines. Like, I want a sprinkle of hunt. I'm not going to have a ton of them. But I think at that price point, I think he's going to be under 1% owned because there's so many guys in that range. Um, and, and when we look at it, like, uh, Hunt is still getting the volume. He's getting, you know, 10 to 15 carries a week. Um, he hasn't been as involved in the passing game this year. And that might just be because they've been playing pretty close games, um, if I remember off the top of my head. Um, but, like, I, th- I feel like he's just in that weird spot where nobody's going to play him, but he still only needs to score a t- one touchdown in the rest. Like, he's been scoring, you know, 12 to 15 points a week as it is at 6K. Um, and if he scores a touchdown, now you're at, you know, 22 you know, it starts climbing up the ladder when you have a lot of these, a lot of these guys that are being heavily owned in this range. Um, so that was one guy that I, I said it last week, and it wasn't like anything crazy, but I, I'm sticking with it because I think that he's in a really, really good ownership pivot spot. Yeah, I just checked the ownership on on Roto Grinders, and he's at 1.2 percent. So yeah, can't get much lower than 1 percent owned. So I, I like that call. All right, Tim, what do you got for your mid tier? Yeah, I'm going to shout out Damian Porter in the chat. Uh, James Robinson. Uh, This is a guy that is currently in my cash lineup. I absolutely loved him this week against the Houston Texans. Uh, They are obviously one of the worst teams in the league against the run. I think 29th DVOA. And they're actually fairly decent against the past 16th. So a lot of teams we've seen funnel against the Houston Texans. We saw what Austin Eckler did against them last week, right? Basically broke the slate. Uh, James Robinson, though, when when the Jaguars have been able to establish the run, right, keep the game close, run the ball, it's been James Robinson, right? So I think he sees 18 to 20 touches in this game at 6,300. He's almost a lock. Uh, There's one other guy I want to talk about, if y'all don't talk about, that I think could be a pivot, but uh, for right now, he's in my cash lineup. All right, yeah, I'll talk about uh, the one guy I got some good notes on here is is Ramondre Stevenson uh, at 5.5. Uh, the Lions, of course, we talked about it, give up the second most points to running backs. Their defense is not good at 5.5. And Stevenson, surprisingly to a lot of us, he's the passing down back in this offense as yeah. well. So he's getting those those very valuable targets out of the backfield. Uh, you're going to have a rookie quarterback making his first start. Uh, there will be some checkdowns going to Stevenson. I think yeah. Bill Belichick will have a very conservative game plan, screens, you know, a lot of running. So I think Stevenson's going to have a big role uh, against that Lions defense. And we know the Lions can put up points, so they're going to have to be passing the ball, I assume, uh, to keep up. So I think Stevenson is the guy who benefits from that over Damian Harris. So at 5.5, I like Stevenson a lot. 
I had a quick note on Stevenson, and it was basically this: Detroit's offense is, or Detroit's defense is absolutely terrible, but so is the Patriots' offense. So you got to pick a guy somewhere, (laughs) and Stevenson just kind of fits that mold. I like it. Uh, Let's go back around one more time. We still got a bunch of guys here in the mid tier, so I'll go back to you, uh, Jared. Give me another one of your mid guys. Yeah. Talk about your your must-play, Jared. I'm waiting for it. Tell me why I got to play Brees Hall this week. It's Brees Hall. Um, Brees Hall is entering an offense that is improving with with young guys, like I said earlier on in the show. Um, But not only that, Brees Hall had 17 carries last week, and we've also seen him um, get 11 targets in a week. I'm sitting here thinking, like, okay, Brees Hall is going to take this front – front run RB one role. Like I think he is like a 70, 30 split share with uh, Michael Carter, man. I just don't see how we don't be playing Reese hall. Um, we, we talked about ways to beat Miami. Um, they're pretty good against the run. Um, and, and we've kind of acknowledged that, but they're terrible against the pass. And he's, I, I, I feel like, you know, like I just said this Konami code running back, which might be kind of like a new thing, but I also think that he fits that mold. He just isn't the sole guy, so we don't really notice it yet. Um, but I really think he's going to get elevated this week uh, after last week's showing. Um, and at 5.4, I mean, he makes a pretty good value in my in my book anyways. Agreed. Yeah. All right, Tim, give me one of your other mid-tier guys. Yeah, this was kind of my pivot that I mentioned a minute ago. Uh, right now, David Montgomery is limited. Uh, if he is ruled out, I'm going to go back to the well on Khalil uh, Herbert. You guys know I love to play a guy the week after he's chalk. Uh, and with him, you know, with the uncertainty of whether or not Montgomery's going to play, I don't think he'll be as highly owned as he was last week when he was the Stone Cold chalk. So he's 5,900 this week, only 200 up from where he was last week. And I think he makes an interesting pivot. Uh, and hopefully maybe some people got scared off last week. And uh, Yeti, he's playing your Lions, or sorry, your Vikings this week which are uh, bottom 10 in terms of yards for uh, carry given up to running backs. I like it. Uh, so I had two more guys on my list in the mid-tier, and I'll talk about the one guy that's going to be a little bit lower owned, a little bit more expensive, uh, and that's Devin Singletary. He was mentioned in the chat. Uh, Brian mentioned him yeah. as being his 4% lock of the week. Uh, at 6.1 versus the, the Steelers, we mentioned that this game could potentially be a blowout. Uh, it'll be Singletary getting those carries late in the in the fourth quarter, and and really he's been the one getting most of the work. You know, we kind of thought this was gonna be like a three headed monster with James Cook and Zach Moss and Singletary, but as far as running backs go, he's getting the the most of the work, uh, both in the passing game and the running game at six point one. Uh, his ownership will be pretty low compared to some of the guys we already talked about. So uh, I do like Singletary this week against Pittsburgh. Um, I'm just going to mention real quick the other guys we had on our list here in the mid-tier. Um, I also had Jeff Wilson Jr., 5.5. Obviously, if you're the, the lead back in the in the Niners you know, offense there, it's a run-first offense. At 5.5, he's going to be valuable. Uh, you had uh, – is that Jamal? That's Jamal Williams, 6.5, right? Yep. So, yeah, Jamal yeah, we- Williams. Miles Sanders also there at 6.5. Uh, and then uh, you mentioned – we had to mention J. Robin Stevenson. So that's all the guys we had there in our mid-tier. Uh, Tim does not have a, a single value running back and, and yet you don't have one either. Do you? So I'm the only one that has any value running backs. So I'll the talk. Only, go ahead. The only guy, the only guy I was going to mention is probably the one that you're going to talk about. So I'll let you talk about him. All right. So yeah, I got two guys in my value tier and one of them is uh, Raheem Mostert. I think he had 15 carries last week, two targets, uh, going against the jets. Obviously the jets, we know are bad defense. He's 5,000. If he's getting the volume against that defense, uh, I like him at that at that price point. And then Tyler Algier was a surprising one for me. When I first looked at him, I'm like, oh, no, that Bucks defense is really good. But then the more I looked at it, they're 23rd DVA versus the run. Uh, so that Bucks defense, if you're going to beat that Bucks defense, it's running the ball. And we saw that a little bit last week as well uh, with the Chiefs and CEH basically just running all over them. So I think that uh, Tyler Algier can be a sneaky play at, at 4.7 because people just think the Bucks defense is really good, which it is but it's more against the pass so than it is against the run. So I like uh, Algier as well. Yeah, one thing I will say about Raheem Mostert is that it has become clear through four weeks that Chase Edmonds is stone-cold dust. I mean, he is like negative EPA every time he runs the ball. So I think think last week or last couple weeks we've really seen Mostert take over. I think this week it could be like 70-30, man. Chase Edmonds is just... He's just yeah. done. And, and the, the, the great thing about Mostert, you know, we've seen it. We haven't seen it quite this year yet, but we've seen it in the past that if he gets that little sliver of space, 
he can go to the house from anywhere because he's got the speed to take it to the house. So if he can get that little bit of sliver against that Jets defense, uh, he'll make a house call and pay up his salary in one play. So I, I like him yeah, a lot. Yeah, I think there was some hedging that he might not be the same guy after that injury, but he looks like the same dude to me, man. Yep, he definitely has way more burst than Chase Edmonds. Agreed. The the guy I kind of agreed with you was uh, was Tyler Algier. Um, and the reasoning behind it is we just lost Pitts for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody's got to fill that role. There's you know, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of talent on this offense, and somebody's going to have to touch the ball. Um, so I, I, that was kind of like if I, if I go down to it, that's my punt guy um, at running back. So I, re- I really like that call. Yeah, and of course, you know, we know Cordell Patterson is not going to play either. So I mean, you're down Pitts right. and Patterson. So that's definitely – there's not a lot of weapons there at all. All right, let's move down into the wide receivers. And now, wide receivers. Receivers. Lock Lock it it in. in. All right, Jared, you got the lock it in on the receivers here. Who are you locking in? Yeah, it's Cooper Cup. Um, There's, I mean, and it's pretty straightforward. This dude's averaging 13 and a half targets a game, which is unheard of in the NFL. Um, You you look at, I I watched the game last Monday night. or yeah, Monday night, and the the Stafford throws to Cup and he throws to Higby and he throws to nobody else. Yep. Like <laughs> it's it, and you know it, it, I just there's so much volume. Like he scored twenty nine point two DraftKings points and his team didn't score a touchdown. Like yeah. that's incredible. Insane. Like it, it's unbelievable how much volume he's getting. Like they had a stat on the screen at one point where it was like the last eight. Draw, you know, like eight plays, and it was literally cup, 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 Robinson, cup, cup, cup. <laughs> he just refuses to throw to anybody else other than Higby and Cup. And, and we've a lot of us, you know, a lot of us played best ball and, and, and season long. A lot of people were really high on Robinson, and this offense was super. You know, looked at it. You know, they just won the Super Bowl. You know, like like these guys should yeah. be filling in. You know, a lot of people thought uh, a Rob would fill in that OBJ role. It just ain't happening, you know. So on volume alone, I don't care who's covering them. I know Dallas's defense is really good. I know uh, the Rams' offensive line is really bad. But if you're going to tell me that Cooper Cup gets 14 targets against the Cowboys' defense, there's no way around it. You just yep. you just have to play this dude. Yeah, when, when Stafford drops back, there's three scenarios. He's either going to throw it to Cup, throw it to Higby, or get <laughs> sacked. Those are the three things that are going to happen. Either Cup, Cup, Higby, or sack. All right, let's, let's stick with that elite tier there, Tim. Give me one of your elite guys. Uh, yeah, so I talked about it at the top of the show, right? Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. It's the we don't give a fuck week uh, where they're just going to go all over the Steelers. Uh, we saw it a couple times earlier in the season where he just dropped, you know, 30, 40 points. Uh, I could think that could totally happen again this week. So uh, I love the Cooper Cup call. I think he's the play in cash. I think everybody's going to be trying to pay up for him. And when everybody zigs, you guys know I like the zag. And that's going back to Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Run it back this week and uh, win all the money. Good stuff. Uh, so I'll take Tyreek Hill uh, against the Jets at 8,000. Uh, Tyreek Hill's already burned the Jets once this year when he didn't go to them. When they tried to offer him a lot of money, he went to the Miami Dolphins <laughs> instead. So he gets uh, he gets to burn them again this week uh, at 8,000. We haven't heard the, the full status yet of Jalen Waddle, but he may or may not play. Uh, if he's out, Tyreek Hill is going to be even more targeted. Uh, he can break the big one at any time. And I think even with a backup quarterback, Tyreek Hill is still going to be money. So at 8,000, I think he's going to be a pretty decent play this week. Uh, we still got a few elite guys there. Tim, you want to mention one of your guys? Yeah, I'm going to go back to the well a little bit on CD Lamb this week. Now, uh, 7K. But one thing I mentioned before is that the Rams are number one in terms of fantasy point over expectation. And he is going to line up in the slot. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, we see is mainly lines up on the outside. Uh, so he's not going to see a lot of CD Lamb. I don't expect him to shadow in this game. Uh, so I think he's going to get a ton of easy target targets over the middle. And, uh, and what we probably will be the last week we see of Cooper Rush, right? So I talked about it on the show last week. His target percentage with Cooper Rush is insane. It's over 30%. At 7K, he's still not expensive enough. Uh, yeah, you got to go back to the lamb well again this week. I like it. Yeah, and and that that defense again, it's kind of like the Bucks. We just assume the Rams defense is really good, but 
you look at their past DVOA, they're 25th right now. You know, they got the names yeah. that to, to talk about there, but they're not getting the production. So um, that's a good call. Um, I had a couple more guys in my my top tier. I just mentioned them real quick. Uh, Justin Jefferson is pretty much always going to be on this list at 8.9 uh, versus Chicago. And I had Debo on there. I know I've mentioned pretty much every 49er at every position uh, except quarterback because I'm not going with Jimmy G. But uh, <laughs> Debo's uses is just ridiculous. If you look at his, his game logs, I mean, if he's not running it, he's catching it. So he's getting everything that you need out of that at 7.7. He can put up that elite level, uh, you know, tier like a cup or a, or a J.J., um, but he also has a great floor as well because he has the rushing ability yeah. that he'll get. So at 7.7. I'll agree. Debo, I think, is one of the best GPP plays on the slate. Like, I, I'm going to endorse your 49ers play here so you're not on an island. But <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> with, with Jimmy G at quarterback, the way he gets used in that offense uh, is insane. And at 7.7, he's just not expensive enough for you to find a way to get him in your GPP. Uh, Jared, Mr. 150 over there, filling for Gerson. I'd be interested to see what your percentage ends up on Debo by the time we get the lock. Well, you guys know, if you know me, I build my, my 150 after this show, usually listening to you guys, but now I'm <laughs> on this show. So that's going to throw it off another couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move down into the, to the mid tier, Jared, who do you have in your mid tier? You want to talk about? Well, hold on a second. Phone just went blank. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about Chris Godwin. Um, Chris Godwin. Uh, very, very good spot here. Um, like we said, we all love Brady. Uh, Atlanta is terrible against everything. And here's the deal. Like we, we all worried about Godwin, like coming back from injury, he had 10 targets last week. Yeah. Like, it's not like he just like inserted into the lineup with like a pulled hamstring and ran routes. Like, like he's out there, he's healthy. He looks good. And, And we've seen Chris Godwin and, Mike Evans and Brady run the whole league for many, many weeks. You know, uh, I, I just don't see a way to get away from this, especially if you're building a cash game lineup. Um, he is a, an absolute cash lock for me. Agreed. There's, there's just no way around it. Like Atlanta is that bad in the secondary. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. What about you? The two? only guy they have that's any good is AJ Terrell and he's be expected to be on Mike Evans. Yeah. So like, and Chris Godwin historically has just torched this team because they've always been bad against the slot. Yeah. Like, Everything fits together for him to just be an absolute lock. All right, good stuff. Let's move. Uh, stay in the mid-tier here, Tim. Who do you got for your other mid-tier? Yeah, I'm going to go with the guy that neither of you guys had, and that's Tyler Lockett. Uh, this is a guy I had last week. I'm going to run it back again this week at 5,600. Uh, again, Marshawn Lattimore is expected to be on DK Metcalf. I think Metcalf can still win that matchup, but I also think Geno is going to – uh, we talked about, I actually, again, my thread starter this week on the roundtable group was a chart of completion <laughs> percentage over expectation. Number one in completion, uh, completion percentage over expectation is Geno Smith. So I titled it, it's Geno's world and we're just living in it. <laughs> so I think he's going to go with all of those easy receptions to Tyler Lockett over the middle. I think he easily smashes value at 5,600. And he always has that potential to break one. And then, you know, you got to have him. Good stuff. Uh, so I, my mid-tier guy, I was waiting to hear some news. It looks like he is cleared. He was moved from questionable to healthy. And that's Curtis Samuel versus Tennessee at 5.8. Yeah. Uh, he's playing sort of a Debo Samuel light role. Uh, he didn't have any carries yeah. last week, but he did have, I think, four carries in week one. He had three carries against Philly. So he's getting that floor from the rushing. Uh, he's getting targeted more than any receiver on this team right now. And, of course, Jahan Dotson's already been ruled out. So there's even more targets to go around. Uh, so Curtis Samuel is going to be one of my top mid-tier plays there at 5.8. And I just think that no one has given him the respect that he's been because they all think he's going to get hurt or, you know, whatever. They had, a, you know, kind of bad taste in their mouth from last year. But he keeps producing and staying under 6K. I, I can't I can't pass that up at 5.8. So he's one of my favorite mid-tier plays. We still got a bunch of mid-tiers to mention, so we'll go back through again. Uh, we'll go to you first, Jared. I almost, almost called you Gerson. <laughs> Let's go back to you, Jared. <laughs> I buy way more than Gerson nowadays, but <laughs> um, I, I like Garrett Wilson. Like I said, I mentioned the Jets a lot. I, I really kind of put my foot in the stone this week with the Jets and their youth. Uh, here's the um, you can beat Miami through the air. Miami has one good um, pass defender, and it's Xavier and Howard. He can only match up on one of the three guys, and I'm presuming it's going to be Elijah Moore the most of the time. I don't know if he necessarily shadows a whole lot. Um, but this game's going to have 
a lot of points in it, I think. Um, if Teddy Bridgewater can keep up with the Jets, um, I, I think this game could play into the 30s. I really do. Um, and I think, I think that um, Garrett Wilson has looked phenomenal. Uh, the volume's there. Um, Zach Wilson comes back. Zach Wilson throws him a freaking touchdown. Like, <laughs> you know, like th- this, this team is, is going to be fun to watch in the next couple of years. And it, and it might be a little early, but I'm going to jump on it before everybody else does. Yeah. So, it, uh, give me, the, the narrative last week was that Zach Wilson was back and he liked Eli, uh, Elijah more and more last year. So mm-hmm. Gary Wilson was kind of down, but Gary Wilson was still the target. So uh, I like that call a lot. I think Gary Wilson's got, you know, got some good value there at 5.2. Uh, you have one guy left there, Tim, uh, on your mid-tier. Go ahead and talk about Alave. Yeah, I, I thought this was a guy we were all going to be fighting to to talk about, Chris Alave, man. Uh, I think this is a no-brainer. Uh, I don't know. If, I think I don't think he's a lock, uh, but I think he's definitely some guy I'm going to have a lot of exposure to. Some people were worried, you know, without Jameis Winston throwing the ball deep downfield, was he still going to be able to be viable? He had seven targets last week with Andy Dalton. Right, they found a way to get this guy the ball. They use him inside the red zone, and he had a 32-yard catch. Right, so if Andy Dalton is going to be throwing the ball deep, it's going to be to Chris Olave. I think he's a great, great, great play this week. Uh, he's right in the same range with Tyler Lockett. Uh, I'll probably have exposure to both those guys. Yeah, I like the Olave call as well, and and a reason why I didn't talk about because I talked about in the last couple of weeks about his air yards and and. You know, I was one of those guys last week that was being a little cautious with Alave because James Woodson was out and, you know, he wasn't going to get those yeah. yellow balls. But Dalton still found him open. I think Alave just finds a way to get open. We, You know, even in college, he was one of the leaders uh, in separation. So I think that you're wide open and Dalton can get you the ball. So I like that one a lot. One uh, thing I will say about Dalton is he tends to stick to a receiver he really likes, right? Somebody he trusts. And right now it looks like that guy is Chris Alave. Agreed. I was going to, I was just going to make a quick note on the saints. Um, they kind of worry me a little bit with, with Kamara coming back. This is one team that like, when I watch them play, I feel like they have no identity. Like they have no idea what they're doing. Uh, and, and Olave gets a lot of, a lot of work down by 17. So we got to throw the ball points, which is fine. Um, but I feel like with Kamara coming back, there might be a little bit more run heavy. Um, they they have no identity to me it's like the saints and tennessee titans like have no idea what they're doing on offense every time they touch the ball um i i i think olave is still a good play and i'll i'll have him i just don't think i'll be at where the field's at because i think he's coming in yeah. at near 21 percent. yeah yeah i agree yeah. and and jared don't don't shake your head for some reason whenever you do that you sound like you're a dj and you're like mixing it up a little bit you're like <laughs> scratching your your voice so <laughs> Uh, the last guy I had in the mid tier, I just mentioned him real quick. Uh, Christian Kirk versus Houston at six point six. Uh, it's a you know with with uh, Trevor Lawrence, like we mentioned, great matchup. He's his preferred target in that offense. So if you're playing Trevor Lawrence, you can get Christian Kirk there for pretty cheap at six point six. So he's the last mid tier guy we got to talk about. Let's move down. Hey, and- I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, Damian Porter again in the chat. He had Robert Woods. I almost had Robert Woods on my sheet. Washington bottom five in every statistical category against wide receivers. He's clearly their number one. Uh, Traylon Burks out. I think he sees close to 10 targets at 5,200. So Good I love that play as well. Good call. All right, let's move down into the value tier. And I'm going to go to you, Jared, with the guy whose name you can't pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> so I have Olamade Zacchaeus. I think that's how you pronounce it. Good job. I can't. Don't ask me. Don't ask me how to spell it because I, I didn't even spell it right in the form. But <laughs> um, yeah, you know, here's here's the deal: the 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 um, Falcons are down to Tyler Joe, who's a rookie running back who has never seen a whole lot of volume. They're down to Drake London, who's been playing and, and he's been all right. And then they have Olamide Zacchaeus. Like they they just don't have anybody. Like somebody has to. Yeah, you have to like remind yourself that like NFL teams run fifty-five to seventy-five plays a game, depending on how the game goes. Somebody's got to touch the ball. <laughs> I don't know who it's going to be this week, but I'll have a sprinkle of a little bit of all of them, just because like somebody's got to touch the ball on that offense. Yeah, uh, and that was really my main reasoning for listing Olame Zacchaeus. Nice at four point one, it's definitely a great value. Tim, I was going to put this guy on my value tier too, yeah. but I saw you had him already. I, I felt bad. I did because he was your sit call last week. First of all, before we get to the sit calls, I want to shout out Jeff, who nailed it last week playing George Pickens. Wrote him up. 
put his whole, you know, nuts on the table that it was George Pickens <laughs> week. And it ended up being George Pickens week. So I'm going back to George Pickens. Uh, I, I will talk about this when we get to defense. I think that Kenny Pickett is in for trial by fire this week. But the one thing that seems to be is when he was able to be in the pocket and stand up right, he was looking to try and find George Pickens on the field. So he had five targets in the time that Kenny Pickens is quarterback against Buffalo. Uh, they're going to have to throw. They're going to be behind all game. I think he could see seven, eight targets at 4,300. That's just way too cheap. Yeah, I love it. I love big, it. big shout out to Jeff this week because uh, George Pickens was mentioned in literally everywhere on going for two after this game. Yeah. Uh, there was people talking about him in waiver wire ads. I think I mentioned him. They were talking about yeah. on the Wednesday show. Like everybody's like, oh, hey, Kenny Pickett, Pickens, let's go. Like let it ride, you know, and, and yeah. great call last week, by the way. Good stuff. All right, uh, I have two guys in the, in my value tier here. One of them is uh, we mentioned our, uh, earlier the the bad uh, defense of the Rams uh, secondary. So I'm gonna go Gallup here at at five thousand. I think he played sixty eight percent of the snaps last week. He did have he caught a touchdown. Uh, so I I think he's gonna be getting even a larger role this week. Uh, I think it pushes Noah Brown a little bit more out of the picture there. So Gallup I think is a great play yeah. uh, at five k and then. This play that I'm going to say is more about price than anything else is Rondell Moore. You know, we all love Greg Dortch, and yeah. Rondell Moore kind of killed killed the Dortch. Uh, but Rondell Moore did get some good targets last week. He has uh, some amazing uh, uh, athletic ability. If they can get the ball in his hands in space at 4.1, I think he's definitely worth a flyer. Uh, nothing for cash games in that in that respect because I you know I don't know what he's going to put out there. But I think Moore at 4.1 is definitely a, a playable option for sure. Yeah, he was limited, though, so definitely keep an eye on that final report on Sunday. Absolutely. All right, let's get the defense. Defense, 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 defense. All right, Tim, give us the uh, the, the defense of the week. Yeah, so I, I told you, I almost asked if this could be my cash lock of the week, uh, and it's a Dallas defense, right? Like, normally I would not pick a team that's projected to lose, but again, going back to my charts, in terms of sack rate versus Teams giving up, you know, it's it's not even close, right? The Dallas Cowboys are projected for multiple sacks in this game. Uh, Matthew Stafford is going to be under pressure the whole time. And they're 2,500, right? They're like the seventh cheapest defense on the whole slate. In my opinion, it's a misprice. I don't care if you're playing Cooper Cup or Tyler Higby in cash. Go ahead and play the Dallas defense anyway. They're just way too damn cheap. Yeah, I love that call. I have the, the Dallas as my top defense as well. Uh, Jared, you got anybody different than Dallas? Um, I got a couple of different guys uh, just because I knew you guys were going to talk about them. Um, I do love Dallas. Um, I mentioned them in my article this morning. Um, I got a defense that's so sick. I wrote on a show sheet. It might be a <laughs> sick call. Uh, and it's the Detroit Lions. Uh, this is this reminds me of like how you guys said the whole sick call thing started. Yeah. Because you play a defense that's this bad. Uh, Detroit's terrible. Don't get me wrong. But they're going against a third-string quarterback. I, I don't know if Hoyer's playing. Or not. It might be second-string. Like, they're so bad. No, no, it's Zappy. It's definitely, it's definitely Zappy. Yeah, so you got a third-string quarterback. You have the best wide receiver on the team is Jacoby Myers, who is, you know, whatever. He's Jacoby Myers. And, and they have a pretty good uh, corner in um, Okuda, who actually got roasted for the first 12 weeks of his career, but has looked pretty good since. Yeah. Um, and then you have two – decent running backs like I I like to target my defenses against really 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 bad offenses and I think that the Patriots offense is really 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 that bad so I I think no one's gonna play him because they've given up fucking 34 50 points a week damn near but yeah yeah, uh, I think it's a low on defense like I said I play 150 lines so I kind of like like to mention the people that not everybody thinks about I like it yeah so, hey, before you go on, Jeff, I want to mention something real quick. Because I, I almost never recommend paying up for defense. And this week, I talked about it on the tight end section, that value is hard to find this week. Okay? But if, if you want to be different, or if you want to find a way to get to the top, we talk about it every week. There's two ways to get different. Tight end and defense. This week, if you can pay up, if you can afford the Buffalo Bills, this could be a potential smash spot. I'm talking 20-plus points for a defense at 4,100. Kenny Pickett is going to get absolutely destroyed. I don't care that Jordan Poyer is out. I don't care that Buffalo has injuries. 
This is going to be, what do you have, three picks in less than a half? This could be a five, six pick game with five or six sacks. I mean, this could just be nasty. If they get a touchdown, we're talking 20-plus points uh, for the defense. So I think you play Dallas in cash, and I think you play Buffalo Bills in tournament. Yeah, literally, guys, on the sheet, uh, Tim wrote next to the Bills, Kenny Pickett going to die. <laughs> Kenny Pickett's going to die. No, and I'll admit I stole that from uh, Devin Knotts from the football guys, but I thought it was such good analysis because, I mean, this this game just seems like one of those like classic like well, Bill Belichick games that he used to do back in the day where he'd play a rookie quarterback and just be like, send the house on every play. And I think that's what's gonna what Buffalo is going to do in this game. I like it. And the, the one defense that we hadn't mentioned that I have is also another fairly sick call because they've given up a ton of points and they're not very good on defense. But it's the Jets going against Miami and Teddy B, uh, especially if Waddle's out and, you know, who the receiver is there besides Tyreek Hill. Uh, so the Jets are a sneaky 2.6. You're getting, like, you know, pretty much minimum salary there for the Jets uh, against a backup quarterback. So they're the ones that sort of sneaky, different pivot off some of the other guys we talked about. All right, time for our stacks. Going for two.com's weekly stack report. All right, Yeti, let's go to you first. Give me your stack of the week. I was hoping to be last because mine's so sick. But um, I'm I'm going Zach Wilson, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, running it back with Tyree Kill. Um, I believe this game total is only at 43 last time I looked. Um, but it, it's pretty low. Here's the thing. Miami has the receivers to keep it's, up. It's 45 and a half. Okay, so it's gone up a little bit. Um, but Teddy Bridgewater, man, as a Minnesota Vikings fan, I've watched him a few years. Like, he really doesn't have that down-the-field throw. Like, he really doesn't. Like, I've, I've watched him multiple times. And I'm not a Teddy Bridgewater hater, but, like, I just like this game in a whole – I feel like the Jets are going to be in front the, almost the whole game. And if they're not, they're going to be flinging it all over the yard. And Miami, Miami struggles badly against that outside of whoever Xavier Howard's guarding because he's pretty damn good. But, yeah, there, I just feel like this game has this weird vibe to me. And I said this, uh, I think it was week two when Miami played, played Baltimore. Me and Gerson both kind of got on that game late um, in the afternoon. I'm like, there's these offenses are pretty good. Like they're, they're kind of underrated. Um, I, I know I'm not a big Bridgewater guy, but he's got the weapons to do it, especially if Waddle plays. I really, really like, um, I, I like that call. Um, I, I really like that sack for, for a game. Yeah. And, yeah. and Howard may not play like that could be a huge if Howard doesn't end up playing. Yeah. Good call. All right, Tim, what you got for your stack? Yeah, this one's uh, this one's easy. We talked about this at the top of the show. I'm going back to it again. It's Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, uh, George Pickens. And if you want to make it a really, really low on stack, uh, you can use the guy that Jared is going to have for his sick call. So we'll talk about that in a second. Good stuff. Uh, all right, so looking at the, the stacks, there was one stack that I was trying to put together with, with Tom Brady and Chris Godwin. Uh, I didn't really like the comebacks. I mean, I guess you could do Drake London. He'd be the one I think I would bring back on that side. I thought that would be a little bit chalky, so I want to go a little bit less chalky. And I'm going to go with uh, Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, and then bring it back with Brandon Cooks. Uh, I think it'll be – the quarterback at least will be higher owned. I don't know about Christian Kirk and Brandon Cooks. They might be a little bit lower owned. You can get that as a pretty decent uh, low ownership stack. So that's that's my stack of the week. Pretty cheap too. So you can pay up for some of the guys we mentioned tonight, the higher price guys you can get into your lineup with that stack. So Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, Brandon Cooks is my stack. All right, let's get to the sick calls. And now the sick call of the week. All right, so Tim's streak did end last week. He had a streak of three straight, week one, two, and three, that he hit on all of his sick calls. Uh, His streak ended. My streak ended as well. I missed on all three of my first uh, sick calls, so I finally hit last week with George Pickens. So uh, we're going to go to you here, uh, Jared, first, because you're the the guest on the show. So And you took – literally, me and Tim both said you took our sick calls. (laughs) So you get to take this sick call. You were the first one to get the name down there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, Khalil, Khalil Shakir, Shakir. I call him Shakira. Uh, you know, if I got to be Gerson, I got to throw a joke in there. So Khalil Shakira, shake it for me, baby. That guy at 3,200. Hips don't lie. Hips don't lie, baby. Uh, (laughs) no, but Kumaro's out. Um, 
Crowder's out. Now, neither one of these guys have been super involved in their offense, um, except for that game. I think it was two weeks ago where Brian, um, shout out Brian in the chat, was like, oh, yeah, Kumaro is running warm-ups as wide receiver, too. And then he had a pretty good game on a, on a showdown slate. So, yeah, always good to be in the chat um, and, and getting some of that information for everyone that's not watching the, the little stuff. But, uh, yeah, he had two targets last week, not a ton. Uh, caught them both. You know, they can't. They can't just throw to Gabe Davis, and and he's questionable, I, I believe, as well. And so if Gabe Davis miss, I mean, we're moving up into like, you know, not even sick call stock. I think, yeah, I think Isaiah I think McKenzie's questionable as well, isn't he? Isn't Isaiah McKenzie? I think he's out already. Is McKenzie yeah, definitely might, out? He, yeah, the, I, no, I Gabe think, Davis was a full participant. Gabe Davis is going to play. He finally got okay. full practice in this week, so he's going to play. He's good. But it could be Diggs, Davis. And Shakira. Shakira, yep. <laughs> Cody, I cannot spell his name. I have to Google it every single time. I just saw you in the chat. But, hey, no, I just wanted to say, yes. you know, like, when I come out here and I say I love the Jets, do I love the Jets? Yes, I love the Jets this week. But I'm only going to have, you know, 3 to 5%. I'm not going crazy with the Jets. But I'll, I'll definitely have some. But when you're the guest host, you got to make a bold statement, and that's my team. This I week. like it. I like there you it. Go. So if you're wrong, you can't come back on. But if you're right, we'll get you back on next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Sam, what you got so, for your sick I'm going to go next. Yeah, so last week we talked about – I talked about earlier that Chris Olave with Andy Dalton still played well. Uh, but I think the biggest beneficiary of uh, Michael Thomas being out was actually Marquez Callaway. Uh, this was a guy that was very popular last year in drafts. He was kind of everybody's you know, draft darling, if you will. And then, of course, he didn't pay off. Um, but I think at 3,300, he's in that kind of punt range. Uh, he got six targets last week. And then this week he gets to play against Seattle, which makes everybody look good. He made Khalif Raymond look kind of good. He made Josh Reynolds look pretty good. I think they can look make Marquez Callaway look pretty good. So I'm looking to get my streak back this week. I think Marquez Callaway gets me there. That's uh, my sick call. Good stuff. All right, like I mentioned earlier in the show, I originally had Cade Otten kind of pegged uh, as my sick call until I realized he was going to be the second highest on tight end on the slate. So I stuck with the tight ends, and I'm going with Mr. O.J. Howard, uh, who was a really popular you know, play or pickup waiver wire after week one. He caught two touchdowns. He only had, I think, three, yeah. three snaps and two touchdowns, and then did yeah. nothing for the next few weeks. But uh, last week he played 75% of the snaps. Uh, he is in the league right now, fourth in targets per route run uh, for all tight ends at 23%. Uh, he also led all tight ends last week in routes run and targets uh, for the Texans. So he's getting the routes. He's getting the targets. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think um, who's the, the tight end there that's injured? There's someone that was injured. That's Brevin Jordan. That's what I was going to yep. say. The Brevin Jordan injury really opened the door for OJ Howard. I mean, like, this is a guy that got cut in the offseason, ended up on the Texans, showed out the first week, and now this dude's going to play. So Yep, and he's an and athletic like freak, so athletic freak. So you can throw him. I didn't want to give him out on my stack, but you can throw him in that stack <laughs> as well uh, with, with T-Lock, Kirk's, uh, Kirk, and Cooks. You can put OJH in there to, to sort of save some of your salary. All right, yeah. fellas. Great show. We wrapped it up here. Let's uh, go around the room uh, and give us your Twitter handle and, uh, and plug anything you want to plug. We'll go to you first, Jared. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the Yeti Express. Um, I write the cash game article here going for two. Um, you can find that every Friday morning around 11 to 12, depending on <laughs> when it goes out. Um, you can find me in pretty much every Facebook group. I'm super active on Facebook. Um, I have my name posted there. Um, a lot of very good free information on a lot of these Facebook groups. We have the DraftKings group. We have the DFS Roundtable. A lot of good threads. A lot of good graphs to look at like if you're a newer player like get in these groups and like teach yourself to learn like not everybody comes out and they're like hey i'm gonna be a dfs player no the people that do that say hey i'm gonna play my season long line and see how they do like <laughs> learn how to be good you know yeah um, it takes some time but you know take the time to be good and and get in these because we'll help you um not saying that we're like world beaters or anything but like We'll give you the information you need to know. Good stuff. And just to quickly plug, Jared's not used to it, but uh, plug the Sunday show. So Gerson will not be on the Sunday show this week, but Jared is filling in for Gerson there as well. Yeah. Uh, so all these you know questionable guys that we're not quite sure of, we're going to be looking at on Sunday mornings. Jared, do you want to say something? You raised your hand there. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the Sunday show 
question mark because Gerson wouldn't know if he's on the Shunday show if he was here. Like he he would have no idea. <laughs> yeah, good call. Don't ask me who's on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that yeah, great call. All right, Sim, what yeah, you got? A lot, of, a lot of questionable guys this week, so definitely tune into the Sunday show. Um, I want to give it real quick. I can't believe we got through the whole show without talking about any Philadelphia Eagles since the top. So I want a last second shout out to uh, Hertz, AJ Brown, and Devontae Smith because I like that stack a lot this week. Uh, but yeah, we talked about it um, on Twitter uh, at Keto DFS. But most importantly, get in the DFS Roundtable Facebook group, get in my weekly NFL thread. A lot of good info there, a lot of good conversation. So you'll want to join in. Good stuff. As always, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Lambert 77, as, as Jared and, and Tim both mentioned. DraftKings group on Facebook is the, is the group I run. Uh, the DFS Roundtable is the group that Tim and Gerson and I, I partially run as well. Uh, we also have a Discord channel. If you go to goingfor2.com, uh, in the bottom right corner, you'll see the little Discord logo. You click on that, you can join our Discord as well. We got DFS season long uh, prop bets. We got everything in there, a community of about 800, I think, now. So if you want to get into the Discord, go ahead and do that. Uh, and that's pretty much it for the week, guys. For Tim, thanks, Garrett, Jared, for coming on. Uh, we appreciate you filling in last minute for Gerson. Uh, and uh, good luck this weekend, and we will see you all next week. Tim, you're on mute. You're on mute. Go pack, go, baby. We in London. <laughs>